Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Nick Finzer. I'm here with Alan Blanchard, and this is Outside In Music's This Is Jazz Today playlist podcast, where we break down all the new jazz that has come out over the last month or so. Uh, it's not a comprehensive list, but we, it's a curated jazz list uh, that Alan has been working on for the last, ooh, we've been doing it for two years or so now. And uh, as the State of Jazz playlist on Spotify drifts away from what... Uh, is essential to jazz. We want to have an alternative there. So that's what this is for. And uh, it's the last six months or so of jazz releases. And we are recording this on, let's see, today's Thursday, April the 2nd. And over the last couple of days, we have lost a bunch of really here heroic jazz elders, legends. Um, just yesterday, Alice Marcellus. And before that, uh, Wallace Roney and also over the last couple of days, Bucky Pizzarelli. So, uh, in tribute to them, we've put three tracks, uh, one from each of them that kind of represents part of their work. Obviously, the scope of their work is way too huge to ever put into one playlist. But, uh, Alan, you want to tell us what tracks you picked for these three? Yeah. So, uh, starting with Bucky Pizzarelli, uh, I actually didn't know much about him at all. Um, and caught word of him passing yesterday from like McBride and, and, you know, other musicians posting about it on, uh, social media. But, uh, I picked this album or this track, uh, Lester Leaps In off his duo album he did with Zoot Sims, which is really killing. Uh, I found the day and man, supposedly he was, he was awesome. You know, he was, uh, in the member of the Tonight Show band with, with Johnny Carson and like collaborated with people like Benny Goodman and, uh, Joe Beam and Les Paul even. You know, and obviously Zoot Sims because of the album and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's a really good duo record. Uh, it's obviously a little bit more uh, straight ahead. <laughs> you know, it's not going to be the modern thing or whatnot. But I think people will really enjoy it. It's it's great to be able to hear uh, a duo like that because it lets both of the musicians um, stretch out and kind of like play to their personalities and strong suits. And so I think it helps provide a, a pretty good um uh, insight as to who Zoot Sims was and who and who uh Bucky Pizzarelli was who many people might not know, you know. Mhm. Mm uh yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um yeah, it's just a you know, like starting to get a little much with everything that's happening and then plus, you know, affecting the jazz community in particular and I don't think that it's probably the last i've seen other people that were stalwarts in the new york scene older older gentlemen mostly um that maybe aren't super famous but uh, also like mike longo a pianist that had a big band that i got the mm -hmm. chance to play in a couple times and he used to play with dizzy gillespie and he passed and some other musicians that were lesser known but uh yeah anyway uh so from wallace roney you selected inner urge yeah, Inner Urge. Uh, I mean, this is just one of the tracks off of like many great records of his I've checked out. Um, this one's off of Village. Um, he has another awesome record um, that I was posting about the other day, No Job Too Big or too, or Small. Uh, I mean, Wallace Roney is is awesome. I don't I don't know how many people actually like really check him out um, and, and whatnot. You know, until you get to like college and and maybe someone introduces you to it. But, you know, he kind of came from that 
that tutelage of uh, of Miles Davis, like that was his his guy. Um, but he, I think he also played in like Gillespie's big band and and whatnot. And so, um, he's like attributed as being like the only trumpet player that like Miles really personally, uh, mentored and whatnot. Um, right. so, I mean, you know, again, another sad legend to have gone. I think he was much younger too, like 59, uh, yeah, 59. This year. yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, what else is there to say? Tough. I mean, he, the, like the year after Miles's death, he toured with, uh, Miles's old band, you know, Wayne, Herbie, Ron, and, and Tony, and did, uh, that album, A Tribute to Miles, which then, uh, won a Grammy for it, you know? So, mm-hmm. obviously, uh, a guy that, you know, for lack of a better word, knows what he's doing, and, and people should check him out if you haven't really yet. Uh, tons of records, tons of great, Credit or credits. I know he's touched a lot of people's lives. Like McBride uh, was, I think that said he, he said that was the first record he's ever played on and whatnot. And Clarence uh, C from Tallahassee, you know, he played with uh, with Wallace for for many years and toured with him. I think they even went to high school together and whatnot. Um, oh wow, really? Yeah, yeah. So you know, another one of those uh, uh, elders that has uh, gone on to make music elsewhere. Hmm. Yeah, and then even more recently, the most recent, I suppose, of these three, uh, the great Alice Marcellus passed yesterday. Yeah. Uh, that was April 1st, right? Yeah, he passed uh, last night, and uh, in memory of him, I picked the track 12's It, um, one of his compositions that I think is, like, probably the most widely known um, or attributed and whatnot. And, you know, he's just, uh, besides being, like, the patriarch of, of the Marcellus family, you know, with Delfeo and uh, Jason and Branford and Winton and everything. Um, I, there's a lot of people that attribute him for, for starting them into jazz and everything. You know, Terrence and like Harry Connick Jr. And that family and the Batiste family and all. So he's been a very big influence um, in, in jazz education and, and everything with being in New Orleans, you know, and I'm sure playing, roles in the life of like Donald Harrison and Nick Payton and, and Marcus and, and, uh, everybody like that, you know, he was a big, uh, contributor. And I think founder, I want to say of, uh, NOCA, like the new Orleans center for creative arts down there, which is a very big, um, music and, and arts, uh, I guess it's considered a magnet program. I'm not sure. Um, but he mm-hmm. was like teaching at UNO for a while and, and even Xavier, uh, I think down there and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I mean, just like an absolute, I mean, not to take away from either of the other two at all, but this, uh, you know, an absolute legend in jazz education and, and trying to, uh, help keep the music going and everything. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, I thought, and there's another tune I've played a bunch swinging at the Haven. That's another yeah. one. Yeah. 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 Play. yeah. Man, that's crazy. When I was at Jen back in January, Jen, the Jazz Education Network Conference, I guess it's called, um, Ellis was playing at Snug Harbor and everyone's like, oh, it's Ellis's last gig at Snug Harbor. And uh, a friend of ours, I won't say who it was, was like, oh, man, he keeps having his last Wednesday gig there. Every couple of weeks, it seems like this is his last gig. Well, it was <laughs> and not- I was like, oh, okay. But that, it ended up being the last that one, uh, that made like national news too. There was something that like reported, and they're like, "It's you know, it's his last gig coming out." And they were like, 
uh, I think it was Jason or, or someone that shared it and they were like, okay, yeah, you know, he's, yeah, he's not going to be playing there every week. He's just going to be starting to wind it down a little bit. Uh, but he, mm-hmm. no one expected that to be as big of a news as, as it was, you know? Yeah. I saw the Wallace Roney news was on CNN too. Yeah. So at least, I mean, it's nice that they're getting a little bit of, you know, whatever you want to call that, but too bad that it had to be right now. But, uh, indeed. So moving on to hopefully some more positive, uh, news, but we just wanted to share a few things from them. If you don't know, this maybe can send you down, uh, a rabbit hole of all of their music. Um, and uh, so if you don't know where to find the playlist, the playlist is published on Spotify. It's under This Is Jazz Today. It says curated by Outside of Music, so you can't miss it. And uh, it's available on our – you can find links on our website and from the podcast and all this stuff. So just search on Spotify, This Is Jazz Today, and you can find the playlist. And it's going to open up with those couple of tracks from uh, those artists, from Ellis, from Wallace, and Bucky Pizzarelli. So other new things, there were some pretty cool records that came out in this last month, despite the self-quarantine or the developing situation. And uh, I just want to run these down. Like we say every month, it's not that we think necessarily one is better than the other, but we decided to feature these tracks in some kind of order. So we don't necessarily think one person is better than the other. So don't get on our case about this. And uh, if anything, make sure you blame Alan and not me. Yeah, Thank right. Thank you very right. much. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it was, an in- so it, let's go. it was an interesting month. I think, honestly, eight out of ten of these are all singles um, for upcoming albums. Oh, really? Too. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we're starting off with Avishai Cohen, uh, Big Vicious, uh, a band that he started when he moved back from uh, the U.S. to Israel. Um, this is, is definitely more out there and whatnot. You know, it's not standards by anything. It's, it's very much a a band where they, he brought together like a bunch of friends, uh, and and other musicians in Israel. And like, they brought with them everyone's backgrounds and unique, you know, it has like electronica, ambient music. Um, he describes some part of his psychedelia. Uh, there's trip hop, which I had no idea what trip hop was. Um, rock pop you know all of these wait wait wait, 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 wait. what is trip hop yeah. tell me more okay so i'm gonna have to google this again because i didn't really Uh-oh. understand it so supposedly it's like something that specifically was like attributed with starting in the uk um and it's like a fusion of like electronica and hip-hop um okay and it was later like derived from this idea of like acid house music and got like super experimental and whatnot. Um, and supposedly was really big in Europe in like the late nineties. I mean, I've heard of it before, but I just, I didn't, I don't really know. Sometimes I pretend like I know things, but I don't know those things. See, and I (laughs) don't know any of this at all. Uh, so I don't know. Um, but, you know, supposedly it's been very influential. Like, the, where I was looking it up, people were saying that, like, Madonna and Radiohead and Bjork were, like, all influenced by this. and Or have, like, at, at least uh, attributed that as an influence in their music in some direction and whatnot. So, I don't know. But this album definitely has a lot of influences that are not just standards, you know? Um so there's like a lot of effects that Avi Shikon's doing. And this is, of course, the trumpet player, uh, not the bass player. 
um, and like is playing synth at some points. Uh, there's like a lot of sampling that goes on with it too. And, and all. So it's, it's really cool to, to listen to. I don't know if it's something that I could personally listen to, like start to finish. Um, you know, take a little bit of it here and there and, and kind of, uh, uh add it to your perspective and your, uh, uh, experience and whatnot. But it's regardless, still like a really cool, uh, project. Cool. Uh, I haven't listened to it yet. I saw that it came out, but I should have probably listened to it already, considering that I work with his sister, <laughs> a fair, fair amount. I saw she had posted about it too, so I'll have to check that out sooner rather than later. Uh, okay, so the first name on this next track I'm not familiar with, but I know the song. I have to check this out. So tell us about the next yeah, thing. Yeah, so, I mean, I will definitely admit that one of the first things I do when – uh, this playlist comes around as I'll go to Spotify and check out like the uh, releases for you thing or whatever, and just kind of scroll through. Um, and this was one of those that was on it. This is an album by Junko mine. Uh, and I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. That was a re released originally in 76 in Japan. Um, but it's just now become, I guess like a fully international release and whatnot. And it was just put up on Spotify. So I chose it. Um, and it features Thad Jones and on cornet and Mel Lewis on drums. Um, mm -hmm. and it's, it's killing, you know, it's, uh, on piano is, uh, Walter Norris is on it on some of the tracks. And then, uh, Yasuki, uh, Watanabe, I think is how you pronounce the last name on some of them. Um, and then George Mraz on bass, but it's, it's a great record. They do like a lot of standards. Uh, I picked a child is born, which is also the name of the record, but they do. Like, here's that rainy day. I can't give you anything but love. My one and only love. My funny Valentine. Like, it's very much uh, a lovey-dovey themed record, I guess. But it's it's killing, you know? I'm always... I think Thad Jones is someone that's really um, given credit a lot for, like, the big band that they had. Um, and not a lot of people necessarily seek out Thad for his playing. Um, but he's awesome, you know, as a trumpet player. And... and it's ridiculous, you know, even going back to like the album that he did with Monk and everything. So it's just, it's always cool, at least for me, being the nerd that I am, you know, to hear a new record come out of like people that have passed and they're, they're playing stuff that you haven't been able to hear yet, you know? Um, mm -hmm. and there's that. And, and Junko has a, a very beautiful voice too, especially for someone that I had, um, no idea who they were. So that was a, a great surprise as well. It wasn't one of those things where I just put it on and I scroll until Thad plays and I turn it off, you know? Um, it's mm -hmm. just, a, it's a, <laughs> I mean, there's definitely those albums where I specifically want to listen to like someone play on it. Uh, but this is not one mm -hmm. of those. It's, it's just a good album, uh, and some good covers of standards and whatnot. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I didn't know anything about this. That's cool. So a Japanese re-release. There's a whole slew, even from young guys now, like that have released all this music from Japan, like on Japanese labels, and that never gets released in, in Japan. That's, so or I'm cool. sorry, it gets released in Japan, but not here. That's so cool. And it's like, like Dominic Farinacci, you know, him? yeah, trumpet player. Yeah, yeah. He's got a bunch of records out in Japan. And, um, what's his name? Pianist in the Dan Nimmer, uh, Pianist for the Lincoln Center Jazz Orchestra. He has a bunch of records out in Japan that are not out in the United States. What the heck, man? It's like he doesn't have like any records. He, I think he does now, but 
for a while there was like he had a bunch of records in japan and no records here and it's just uh i don't know i don't know why the japanese labels only distribute within japan but it seems to be kind of a common thing we just released something from a singer named aubrey johnson that was a co-release in japan and i don't know they just like don't want to handle the rest of the world i'm not really sure what the story is there but it's been like that for a long time man that's nuts because i you know with dominic the only things i know is like how well, I mean, mostly, like, have been his YouTube videos covering, like, Clifford Brown, because that's his thing, you know? And, like, ridiculous trumpet player, and I've always wanted to hear more, but uh, I don't live in Japan, so I don't. Yeah, there's more, but he just, and then, you know, like, as an artist, you feel like, oh, yeah, I recorded, I've recorded, and I just, these things are out, and all of that, but not for general public to hear, mm. so, I don't know. But, anyway, back to the task at hand. And I'm assuming that this next one is a Stevie Wonder cover. It is. Um, you would have assumed correctly. This is was a surprise single um, for this upcoming Kurt Elling record um, that's coming out, Secrets Are the Best Stories, um, which has an incredible band. Uh, Kurt Elling, you know, singing, obviously, and then Danella Perez uh, on piano and Rhodes, Clark Summers on bass, uh, Jonathan Blake on drums, uh, Miguel Zenon on alto, and uh, there's a bunch of other people that are credited with like percussion and uh, Chico Pinheiro on guitar and whatnot. Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm going to be honest. I don't have much of a defense for putting this one on here because it's just a really good cover <laughs> of Overjoyed. And it's, <laughs> I mean, it's Kurt Elling who has such a unique, I mean, I say unique. There's probably other people that have done it, but just like the way that he approaches singing tunes and whatnot is really, uh, it's just it's enjoyable you know it's it's one of those things that you like listen to and you're like how does that happen with your voice how do you do the thing you know and but he does it so well and is such an enjoyable person to uh see live like a really good showman and and, and a personality and everything and it, i think it that type of uh of, uh behavior or attitude like shines through when he sings you know um mm -hmm. but yeah it's a Great thing. And it's also really cool to see like what people do with uh really famous tunes. Like Stevie Wonder's Overjoyed got famous, you know, and then hearing how they took their interpretation and like did it where it wasn't just, oh, here's them doing overjoyed, but they're like, No, no, this is us doing overjoyed, you know? Um, but again, that might just be the nerdy side of me. No, that's that's not the nerdy side. That's the musical side. Ah, yes, yes. We'll we'll go with that. I like that <laughs> excuse too. <laughs> there we go. Hey, um, fantastic. I got to check that one out. Um, ooh, now from one cover to the king of covers. Yeah, the king of covers. Although, is this a cover? I don't know. Tank, um, Kimbra and Tank in the band. What is this? Is this jazz? I'm gonna like really loosely call it that. Um. But it's killing. I actually like went down a rabbit hole the night because he and I'll give a shout out to something that I couldn't technically share on Spotify because it's not there. He like streamed oh. the other night uh, for like uh, the stream aid and did like this cover of Hallelujah, like the Rufus uh, Wainwright tune. Um, uh, you mean a cover of a cover of a cover yeah. of another? Yeah. The original Hallelujah? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I can't believe I attributed Rufus with it. Rufus, right? Anyways, <laughs> <What>? um, 
But he in like in the description he had this, uh, which I then checked out, which has another great band on it from New Orleans, uh, Hank and the Bangas, and Kimbra and In My Bones, which is your what you're gonna expect when you get Jacob Collier. You know, it's it's definitely a lot and it goes to a lot of places. I would say it's uh very funk influenced. It's highly rhythmic, like high energy, all of that, you know, with some jazz sprinkled in. And that's kind of how I justify putting it on this playlist. So we'll see. Uh, <laughs> but I think people will enjoy it. It's if you're into Jacob, if not, I understand it's some people's thing. It's not other people's things. And we can just go on to the next track, which definitely comes back more to jazz. Um, which is Fred Hirsch and Sarah Jazarek. Uh, well, Fred Hirsch and Sarah Jazarek, uh, doing a, uh, it's a single for an upcoming record that they have. Um, but it's like this pasting of a, um, home and single or, or standard put together dreams and darn that dream. Um, and it's really cool. Fred Hirsch is, I don't know, man, it's, his playing, I haven't always been super into and whatnot until he came out with uh, um, some of his past records, and then I got super into it and borderline like obsessive at one point. Um, but it's cool, and it's it kind of reminds me of like those Bill Evans solo piano albums where they kind of bleed back and forth, and you know it. it goes back and forth between the tunes and the mashup and seeing how they bridge that is really cool. So I don't know. Um, I think some people might be into it. I think you might not be into it, but I think the, just that relationship of like a vocalist doing duo with a piano allows for like a lot of um, ebb and flow and for them to do a lot of things. You know, but that's also just the nature of playing in a smaller band. I've said the same thing about piano trios. I've said the same thing about duos with anything. Um, so we'll see. I would like to see what uh, what else they put out and, and more things coming up. But um, yeah, I don't know. Dreams I'm reading now is like uh, supposedly a freely improvised take on a poem by Sarah Teasdale, um, which they just kind of blend into like the standard darn that dream, which everybody knows. But yeah, I mean, it's it was a good track. So I think that that record is actually a duo record of all different people. Maybe not all, only those two, not Fred and Sarah, but also all different artists that play duo with Fred. Cause that's what he would do at the Vanguard all the time. We'll do a different night with different artists, um, throughout, throughout the week. And so maybe cause also on the, cause it says Fred Hirsch and friends on the cover, which makes me yeah. think that maybe it's going to be a bunch of people. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense as like as you say that and I'm reading literally that that I think is exactly what it is. But Oh, okay. It's cool. It'll be cool. It's going to be great. Maybe with Sarah, who knows, you know. Mhm. Mm um so I was also saying that uh Fred has been doing live stream concerts like every day from his apartment in New York. Hmm. Um I'm imagining that he's probably pretty much stuck inside because he's recovering from or has, I guess, HIV. And so it's definitely not a person that would want to be also in, exposed to this coronavirus for right, sure. Right. 
So, uh, but anyway, he's been doing those on his Facebook Live. I don't know if they've been anywhere else, but I've been seeing them every day, like midday around one, maybe or something like that. So, if you're interested, he's probably going to keep doing it, and I bet that some of them are saved at right. uh, his Facebook. But anyway, so he's been talking and uh, playing and all that stuff. So. I'm not sure if he's talking about like stuff from his book or just kind of chatting, but uh, anyway, Fred's great. So check it out. Live stream. Now we must have a re-release here. This is from one of the most classic jazz groups of all time. That's um, Art Blakey. Well, jokes on you because it's not a re-release. It's not a re-release. It's an unrelease. Oh, unrelease uh, for a record coming up. So this is kind of. Uh, Kind of mirroring how when Train's album came out in 2018, I think, um, and the tapes were from 63, you know, that was like one of his most celebrated periods, I guess, of music. Mm -hmm. um, this is kind of the same thing with Fist But For The Messenger. So this is going to be off an album called Just Coolin', um, which I think is coming out this month. Uh, but it was recorded March of 1959, which is like a, just a couple months after they did uh, the record Monin. Mm. So oh, wow. it's awesome. Uh, the band is Blakey, Lee Morgan, Hank Mobley, Bobby Timmons, and uh, Jamie Merritt. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I mean, there's not... Like, if I had done this playlist this month and not put this track on here, I I would have felt really guilty. You know, it's killing... It's Blakey and the Messengers, like it's everyone Lee all over Morgan. You, yeah, I mean, come like what more could you want than this right now? You know, it's jazz. It's real jazz. Okay, well, I'm not going to claim that, <laughs> but I'm just trying to get you in hot water. Yeah, I know. I'm well aware you are, but I mean, man, this is like this is uh, awesome, and you know, it's just I don't know. It, it's I'm really excited for the rest of the album to come out. Um, I mean, Monin was like one of my favorite Blakey records or is one of my favorite Blakey records, you know, and, and it's so cool to see like just that, the concept of that band in general, you mm -hmm. know, where he was able to provide mentorship for so many people. And it's all that we seek out now is a situation like that. You know, we all wish like we could have done this mm -hmm. and been a part of the, the messengers and, and the many people whose uh, lives he covered and, and touched and, and helped mentor and grow into where they are today. You know, there's tons of people like just thinking of the trumpet players that have gone through that band. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So mm -hmm. um, it's cool to see some more stuff that hasn't been released and find it. Um, you know, who knows why it wasn't originally released, but it's here now and that's all that really matters. Yeah, that's true. Um yeah, it's interesting. There's not a lot of band leaders. There's a pl plenty of band leaders that are hiring younger cats, but not necessarily band leaders that are rhythm section players or specifically even like drummers that are hiring young cats to play in the band with that same fervor and mission that Blakey had. I think we've talked about this before, but yeah. But uh, yeah, it'd be great to see that tradition continue. I think there are some people that are trying to trying to think about it, but. Right now, there's no gigs anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> that's that's very true. Um, I don't know, man. But going on to this next record, <laughs> <laughs> before we get too dark, um, this is actually um, a record from the late uh, Hugh Mascella, um, who passed 
two years ago now, I think, give or take, um, from a 2010 studio session he did. So, you know, towards the end of his life with Tony Allen. Um, and it's really cool, man. I don't think a lot of enough people really check out Hugh Muscala and, and what he, uh, brought to the trumpet. And I, you know, I'll certainly admit that like I was uh, introduced to him purely because of studying trumpet. You know, it's, I don't know if it's something I would have came across easily without that. Um, but it's really cool to see what he's done with this. Um, you know, he's, uh, Nigerian, I think. Um, he, God, I feel bad saying he's South African. Is he South African? Yes. And then well, I, think, at least a, I guess he's associated with South, South Africa, but I don't, I guess I don't know if that's where he's from. No, I think he is South I African. I think Tony Allen is Nigerian. Um, oh, okay. I no, I, th- I think you're right. But like, just to hear that, like how that influence has gone into his music. And it, like, I think this track, uh, robbers, thugs and muggers is like a really good example of that. Um, is so interesting and it's so cool. Uh, to hear that type of stuff, you know, and, and especially like we always, I feel like we always talk about it every month, just how like jazz is becoming more and more, um, informed by the world every time that we go and check out a new record, you know, whether that means someone is just going over to randomly plan a session and then we find that record and, and see how the musicians are dealing with it over there. Or people are starting to get like, not, not starting is a bad word, but like really, uh, it's more accessible to find these records where people like, really um go back to their roots or their culture or like a culture that maybe they're just like really passionate about or whatnot and then incorporate that into their music and that's always cool to listen to yeah i mean it's definitely like a growing trend to celebrate that legacy of south south african musicians and i know jazz lincoln center has been doing some stuff and there's like a dedicated some dedicated radio time for that music and yeah, it's cool. It's a, it's a different concept for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, well, we got something from Oren Evans. Yeah. Evans. Um, this is a single from an upcoming um, album that they have on Smoke. Um, I think it's, yeah, it's the Big Band's record. Uh, the Captain Black Big Band. Um, I don't know, man. This just came up like it's this was like a happy marriage of all the things I've been obsessed with lately, which is the captain, but black big band and Sean Jones is playing. Um, (laughs) and here we are. (laughs) So, I mean, it's, it's a phenomenal single. Um, Sean is so melodic with his approach to playing and this big band is, um, his arrangements and his writing is always, uh, something I've never heard before, you know? And just the way that he's able to voice stuff is incredible. So, I mean, I've been checking out a lot of his, like, um, the last record that they did in, in 2018, the uh, Presence. Um, but I'm really excited to see what happens when this album comes out. It, I mean, it has a bunch of people uh, that I'm sure you're friends with and, and know and whatnot from New York. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it's going to be a killing record. I don't have much more to say, guys. It's oh, just sure. a great track. Yeah. Like, you know, there we go. <laughs> No, I'm sure it's going to be good. They're, all of his records are all those. There's like a, what three or four something like that big band records now. Yeah. Those Captain Black big band records. They're all they've all been good. Uh, okay, so we've got two more tracks here to get through. Uh, let's see. This next one, 
Oh, from another recently departed master. Um, they must have recorded this a while back, I guess, but uh, Harold Mayburn. Yeah, so Harold Mayburn passed in September of last year. Uh, to my understanding, this record was done in January of 2018, um, so not too long beforehand. Um, but it's just uh, Mayburn playing Mayburn, and that's exactly what the record's called. You know, it has Vincent Herring, <laughs> um, Vincent Herring Steve Davis, John Weber, uh, Eric Alexander, and Joe Farnsworth. Um, doing great tracks. I mean, I picked the Iron Man off it, but like another favorite off of here is their version of uh the Beehive, which is the the classic off of uh Lee Morgan Live at the Lighthouse, I think. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't know. I think it's definitely more, you know, for people that are trying to figure out if they want to listen to it, like that straight ahead vibe. Um but it's just a good album, you know. I'm starting to even like that <laughs> stuff. Um, it's True. Harold Mayburn, who's who's great and someone that I definitely kind of dove into a little bit more, you know, <laughs> since his passing. Uh, and it's kind of funny and sad how things work out that way. But you know, he touched a lot of lives of uh, people that were in the city and and were being mentored him by everything and whatnot. And so hearing him do these covers of like Gershwin's Lovers Man and uh, it's magic or, or the lyrical Coleman, um, which is uh, supposedly a comparison between like Harold Mayburn and, and George Coleman um, and the way that they do things. And it's just um, mm. like Edward Lee is, is an, uh, a notion to like Lee Morgan and how all that went down. Cause his full name was Edward Lee Morgan. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's uh it's a cool record so far. I have so much more of it to uh, listen to. Uh, and I'd recommend everyone else does. Nice. Nice. And our last track for today, uh, before our tribute tracks that we added at the top of the playlist, is a great uh, band. It's like an iconic band, I guess, so at least for my generation. I'm probably for your, I don't know, maybe for yours too. I don't know. Technically, we're in the same or different generations. <laughs> I forget. Um, but. Um, uh, yeah i mean i don't know i don't i actually don't think and i'm looking this up before i shove my foot in my mouth so i want to make sure about that yeah okay so this is not the iconic to me when i think of like so the what we're talking about since we're being incredibly vague is right back around again um which has like this the new redmond quartet or an old redmond quartet that's new that's back again with Brad Meldow, yes, McBride, and Brian Blair. See, I didn't know that because, like, when I think of the Redmond Quartet, um, immediately yeah, yeah, you think you're thinking of Hutch. And no, I don't even think of Goldberg. that. I think of like the Live at the Village Vanguard record. Oh, okay. With Peter Martin yeah. and Christopher James, and then Brian Blade. Um. Yeah, no. I mean, back in the early 90s, man, they were playing all the time because, I mean, I think I could be wrong. I'm speculating a little bit here to say that I think that the record labels kind of put them together. But um, I don't know if they were on Verve at that time. Whatever, you know, it was still the end of that Young Lions kind of vibe. So they were trying to get everybody in there. Yeah, well... Make an all-star band, you know? You know, I didn't know it was a resurgence of an all-star band. You know, I didn't look at it like that. All I saw was like, I looked at it and I was That's like, wow, this is an all-star band. Like the four, 
you know, these are like people when I like when I don't know what to listen to. These are the band leaders of some of the albums. They're like, I just can pull out and like I don't ever mind. You know, like Brian Blade and the Fellowship sure. Band, or or McBride's mm-hmm. projects with uh with with Roy and whatnot early on, or Brad Meldow like Live in Marciac or the Live at the Village Vanguard. And I was like, wow, they're putting out music together. Um, but they've done it before, and here they are again. You know, so yeah, that's I don't funny. Know. That is really. Weird. But no, that's they've been around for a long time. But it's a good band, regardless. There's a bunch of YouTube videos too of them from back in the early nineties. Yeah. Josh Redman has a a sweet flat top haircut. <laughs> it's like way different, you know, just t- signs of the times. Right, you know? right, right. Um, but man, no, I'm like, did you see the news about Joshua Redman recently? Did you see that? Uh, no. No, he's taking over the uh, San Francisco Conservatory of Music Jazz Roots program, whatever it's called. It's got a very long really? name. Really? Jam. I did not yeah. know yeah. he was taking that over. Or is he? Are you sure he's taking yeah, over? Or is he uh, joining it? Oh, I don't know if it's taking over. I guess I'm a ch- artistic director okay. is his title. So I. I guess technically he's not in charge of it, I suppose, but uh, they announced it earlier this week. They did like a, I don't know, some kind of live stream and I saw that that was happening. And then the next day, a big article came out saying that they had named him to be in the artistic director and whatever that involves. So that would be probably super cool if I was a student there. I I would want to hang out with Josh Redman. Yeah. I mean, do they have like... Artist diplomas are like, I want to go hang out with Josh Redman. You know, I don't know what they're doing. I think it's just undergrads right, right now. Maybe it's masters. I would have to look it up. I don't want to speak out Maybe of turn. Maybe travel and see the San Francisco. There you go. But he's he moved back to Berkeley where he grew up. Like, I don't know what year, how many years ago, but I think uh, probably just trying to spend more yeah, time at home yeah. after on the road for so long, so many years. Yeah, that's fun. All the musicians are, you know, some of them are like moving back home because they want to get off the road. (laughs) The rest of us just want to get on it. Yeah, I'm trying to get off the road, trying to get out of New York. Don't want to get stuck in uh, pandemic hell. I mean, for real, I mean, it's like, it's a little bit true, you know, just it is what it is. But yeah, it's me, you know, making room for some other people to get on the road. Some people have to get off, you know, there's not, there's not unlimited amounts of festivals and gigs and stuff. So it's just a, it's a cycle. It's a cycle, I suppose. But man, wow. There's a lot of great stuff on this playlist. A good one, a good month. It's usually always a good month. Sometimes not. I remember one month you said it was a real struggle to find things. And there was just like, not that much that came out, like literally not that much came out, but it seems like, Everyone's uh, being creative. Things are coming out and getting, I suppose people are getting ready for what would have been summer touring season, but might now be summer live streaming season. Um, we'll see what happens with all that. But um, yeah, I guess that's it. I guess that's the that end of the all. playlist. Anything else uh, we no, missed? That's it. Cool. Well, as always, thanks for being here. Thanks to Alan for putting together another great edition of the playlist so to find it make sure you just go to spotify and uh, type in this is jazz today and you'll see all the new tracks back to let's see what's the last one here 
July 2019. So uh, pretty soon those ending ending ones will be deleted off of there. So check it out before it disappears. It's eight hours and 37 minutes of great new jazz music and uh, get you through the day, your work day, your home work day. <laughs> All right. So thanks again for being here and we will catch you next time.